Hello, welcome in uh, something that I can call uh, IoT Decoded. Uh, it's a podcast and a vlog. Um, the, something new I, I want to test, uh, it's, it would be about uh, actuality on LP1 domain. So LP1 in for low power wide area network. So basically the technology of allowing uh, Internet of Things uh, to communicate in a rock and battery uh, for a long period. Okay, at that low cost. That's the, the purpose of uh, of this technology, and, and so the purpose is uh, to share some uh, monthly actuality and share my opinion and and the community opinion on uh, on those events. Uh, it's something new I want to test. Uh, so I'm really happy to get uh, feedback from you uh, on uh, the content, the duration, the type of post I'm uh, I'm talking about, uh, and and I want to see if something I can do on a monthly basis uh, to uh, to share information and knowledge on uh, on this technology. So feel free to comment, uh, feel free to post me some link uh, to discuss uh, in the next version if uh, if this uh, uh, makes sense. Uh, and, and so let's start with uh, what uh, has touched me uh, during this uh, July August month uh, with uh, with different posts I've I've read on internet and uh, and think I want to uh, to go back on the first one um, I've seen uh, is a, a report on the LP1 market. It's a report that has been. Uh, uh, made by EHS uh, consulting uh, consulting stuff. Uh, so they made a report uh, about the LP1 market, and we have not a lot of information on uh, on the the IHS EHS um, website. Uh, they are selling the report, so no information on this. But we have uh, on press different um, document. Uh, different article presenting a summary of this report, uh, and, and it was really uh, uh, confusing uh, to see that and surprising. Uh, so I had to to make some research, and we had debate on uh, on the different um, social network about the content of this uh, of this uh, document, this study. Uh, personally, I really don't like uh, the studies that explain that one technology is better than the I mean is better than the other, and we win against the other on the IoT domain. Uh, because in fact, all the technology we are talking about are technologies uh, that are on different markets. Uh, different targets. Uh, some are for high-end. Uh, it's a case of uh, LTM and BIoT with uh, actually a, a high cheap price, uh, able to get a, a large bandwidth, and but consuming more energy. Okay, and we are low-end market uh, with uh, Sigfox or a one, uh, where we are really efficient, uh, cheap cost, uh, about uh, under one dollar. Uh, with a really low power, uh, the ability to really work uh, for 10 year on battery. Um, I mean, normal battery, not a big battery. Okay, uh, and uh, and and so you cannot really compare each of them. They are different markets. Those are different things. So basically, uh, this uh, study uh, we are trying to show that some are dead and and so on, which make no sense for me. Um, and this study basically um, is uh, we can summarize it in a in, in a table of number. Uh, 
so this table of number basically gives uh, information about volume, current volume and forecast volume for different technologies. And uh, for the volume, it was really surprising to see that for LoRa, uh, the volume for uh, 2017-2019 uh, is uh, so 2019-78 uh, uh, million devices. Uh, Fox 6 million uh, for 2018, 12 million for 2019, okay? And for NB IoT, uh, we had a volume uh, for 2017 at 5.5 million and 2019 at 65 million, basically, with the LTOM, which is uh, really, uh, really slow. I don't talk about other, we don't know what is in the other. So that's for the market, and it was really surprising for two reasons. Um, I mean, the number of LoRaWAN devices uh, here is really high compared to what we see on the network. I mean, when we are in the community, you you see uh, you see what are the, the level of communication and so on, and we are really far away of this, uh, this, this, this level, sorry. And for NBIOT, it was really surprising because uh, the norm has been uh, uh, finalized mid uh, 2016, uh, so having already in 2017 uh, 5.5 million devices deployed, uh, I mean, there's an issue because uh, uh, you have a design cycle of one year, one year, one year and a an half, and so it's really surprising to have this, this volume. So I, I would like to understand uh, wh where this volume comes from. So I taken a look to Semtech. Uh, to see if we can find this volume, and yes, it was easy, in fact, to find it. Uh, if we take a look to the 2019 report, uh, it's complicated because Semtech uh, annual uh, financial uh, annual is ending uh, beginning of a year, so basically the 2019 report is uh, the end of 2018. Uh, so at the beginning of 2019, they have uh, 87 million of uh, LoRa base and node deployed, so it means that it's the number of chips they have sold at this date. Okay, uh, so that's interesting, and there was some uh, interesting also in the table provided by EHS because they have indicated a number for LoRa technology, which is not LoRa one, and uh, LP one is LoRa one, LoRa is a level two technology, so it's an end-to-end technology, point-to-point -point communication, which is totally different, okay? Um, it's like comparing Ethernet communication versus TCP IP communication, basically, so it's not it's not exactly the same thing. Uh, so it means that, in fact, it's this number, it's not, it's not a number of connected devices, it's the number of ships that has been sold by LoRa. And the number of chips sold by LoRa, apart is used for something different than LoRaWAN because uh, LoRa technology is really useful for local communication with long distance. So for low energy, if you have a remote control, if you have a uh, um, uh, house, uh, sorry, um, a smart home uh, system, um, not connected to uh, LoRaWAN, but uh, just to connect a sensor to a central system, the LoRa technology is really good for that and really used for that. Uh, so it's not LoRaWAN. Okay, so there is a part uh, which is uh, not to be counted in part of the LP1, and also uh, when you count the number of devices that has been produced or sold by the uh, by Semtech, uh, you avoid to, to calculate the level of stocks 
that are on the um, wholesaler and uh, the level of stock you have on a, um, a fine product and so on. So at the end, you have a lot of uh, chip that have been sold but are not connected, okay, which makes a big number but uh, not relevant when we are talking about LP1 connection. So there is a big difference. So basically, these numbers here, they are interesting. They are, we have the source, but they are pure bullshit in this table. That's interesting. Something that can confirm that these numbers are bullshit in terms of LP1 is the number of gateways. Uh, we have 243,000 LoRa1, uh, LoRa-based gateway. So not of all are LoRa1. Okay? Some can be a proprietary uh, protocol, but just assume that they are LoRa1. If you uh, check the number of LoRa-based nodes related to the number of base station, it means that you have about 400 LoRa nodes per base station. I mean, it's a bit strange. If you are uh, an initiator, a LoRa1 initiator like I am, for example, in my city, you see all the traffic around on LoRa1. And I can promise there's no 400 devices around my antenna. And what is more interesting, and if you take a look on my area, there is two public networks, plus TTN, plus some private gateways, plus the gateway I have in stock here. So if I made accumulation of this, uh, I have about, for the same locality, I have about uh, five gateways. So it means that to have a balance between all that, it means that I should have around me something like eight multiplied by 400 devices, which is totally absurd, okay? So for these two reasons, can promise that these numbers are totally bullshit in terms of LP1 connection. They are real in terms of cheap sell by Semtech and it's a really good news because it means that Semtech is making money with this device and it means that there is a perennity, a durability uh, for this technology because uh, thanks to uh, the money that Semtech makes. So that's a really good news but it's bullshit to see it in this table. For uh, NB-IoT, uh, so it was surprising to have this number. As I said uh, previously, the norms has been finished uh, six months before, so it's strange to have device at this point. So I've found some studies, uh, studies also on cheap markets for NB-IoT, and the numbers are corresponding. Here they are in a, a million US dollars, but if you uh, take a look to uh, the, the expected volume of uh, money for 2019, which is uh, 272 million dollars, uh, it's regarding the price of uh, NB-IoT chip, it's something really relevant uh, with the uh, 64, uh, six, five, so the difference between the last or the 40 something uh, devices that has been uh, that uh, has been used in uh, in 2019. So uh, this um, cheap market forecast is also something uh, relevant for this table. So it means that. The same thing has been made for NBOT uh, as for LoRaWAN. Uh, the table in the EHS study seems to take into account uh, the cheap market and not the connectivity market. Okay, so 
basically there is one year of uh, of delay uh, in, in this case as for nbiot uh, i mean you cannot use for different uh, for private network uh, or point to point communication line for lora okay so it is produced it's produced to be connected uh, but uh, it's not because you produce a, a chip that it will be used in the end uh, end user uh, application and connected to a network Okay, so if we have uh, something like one year split, it's a, a shift. It has an impact on the, the global table you have here. Uh, mostly when you take a look at the end of the table, where there is forecast in future and uh, doubling every every year. So that's uh, that's that's something fun. Okay, so that's for the current number, and here you see that uh, I mean it's not really honest, or I don't know, maybe uh, the guy is honest, but it's just. Uh, um, bad bad guy i mean just uh, um, i don't know bref uh, so that was interesting and the other thing that was interesting if we take a look at forecast that has been made by uh, the guy who are uh, doing a forecast with nbiot chip uh, i found another study uh, on iot no uh, and so it was a um, Zodiac, I mean, that's made a, a study with Hawaii and so on. Uh, and so they've made a study uh, in uh, around 2018 expecting uh, 106 million uh, NBIoT device deployed in 2018 uh, and uh, 600 million uh, in 2023. So if we take a look to this forecast and compare to the one of EHS, uh, we see that the EHS one are really far away from uh, the one uh, coming from this study. And uh, as the study is before uh, 20, uh, 2019, 2018, sorry, uh, and 2018 is in the past, so now we have the number. So the forecast was uh, 106 million. And uh, it seems that the reality uh, is five is uh, 27 million so it's five times less okay so i mean people are selling cheap they want to have high forecast of uh, doing cheap they say we have the capability to produce this but it's totally different than the market saying i want to add the chip because i have a uh, use case to deploy and uh, no i want to, uh, to to make it okay uh, so it's less forecast basically are bullshit. Another forecast that is interesting also to compare this study of EHS uh, with other studies that has been made. Uh, it's an older uh, st uh, study from Ericsson uh, looking at the global market and saying for the wider area IoT, so LP1 basically, uh, for 2022 uh, the uh, forecast is 2.1 billion of devices. And if we take a look to the EHS study for 2022, uh, they are uh, the big total of 1.1 billion. So basically, half of what Ericsson has predicted. Ericsson is older, so we can expect that EHS is um, uh, have a better precision because uh, it's a newer study. But I mean, they have made a mistake by. Uh, I mean, 
mean, they, they are forecast twice the size of EHS. Potentially, EHS also have made a mistake uh, around uh, 50% of this or 80%. So, forecast the volume of forecast here is uh, is globally uh, globally wrong. Uh, I don't think that Ericsson are, are bad guys. Basically, uh, also. So, that's uh, that was interesting to to see that. The, the other thing I, I have uh, take a look to this study is the way they have considered the growth of the different technologies. Uh, so don't consider the volume itself, but just considering how they think the technology will progress. I didn't read the study, so maybe they have good explanation for this, but uh, um, my point of view, it's a bit uh, a bit strange. Uh, because for, for LoRa, so they have made the assumption globally that the uh, growth per year will be something stable. We don't know why, but for LoRa 1, the, the growth is... 1 in 50, uh, 155 globally percent per year. And it's stable all along the year uh, from uh, 2019 to uh, 2023. Well, why not, but why? Okay. Uh, for NBIoT, they have considered that the, it will be stable also, but it will be 200%. 200% up to uh, 2022, and we don't really know why, but in 2023, it decreased to 151 my point of view, it decreased because it was too high and a bit stupid. So, okay, uh, the number has been more beautiful like this. Okay, but why 200? Why 200%? I mean, we know that the NBAOT uh, growth is really uh, good in China, and China is leader for this and so on. So, on first, uh, in the short term, it makes sense, really makes sense. But uh, to have the volume that is indicated uh, for 2022-2023, it means that the NBAOT must be deployed worldwide and used more worldwide and not only in China. Uh, and, and even if it's used only in China, it means that later in the future it uh, will have to be used in other countries. Otherwise, uh, if it's uh, just China's uh, technology, I mean, it, it is dead in a, or it's dead or it's kind of proprietary thing. So it's not really interesting, basically. So, uh, so it's. I mean, I think there is too uh, too many uh, things that uh, we. We don't yet know about the deployment of this technology to uh, to be sure of that. And, and more of this uh, for NBIoT and LTM, uh, we are going to have new revision of this because in fact they are part of 5G. Uh, NBIoT is CAT NB1 actually. It will buy CAT NB2 uh, in 5G with some difference, new chip, new capability, low power and so on. So we're going to have a change of this. And for LTM, it's going to be the same. So for LTM, we have CAT uh, N1 and CAT N2 coming. CAT N2 would be a really big difference because CAT N1 is not really a really good solution. So uh, we should have things changing between 2020 and 2023, and we don't see this in, in, the, in the number. So, I mean, in my point of view, if we don't see this, it's because many things have been missed or just uh, um, don't consider. And for LTM, for LTM, we see that there is a big uh, progress in, in 2019. Okay, it's the first year, so numbers are, are, are big. And in, and in 2018, it was decreased, and, and the, the volume is decreasing um, year after year, which is really surprising because LTM here is the only IP technology. Uh, it means that you can directly 
communicate with the device uh, with an IP address. And there is a big market for this. Actually, all the market existing with a connected camera, connected alarm for home and, and so on, they are working on 2G technology with SMS or IP technologies. Uh, and, uh, and so this market will have to move to uh, another technology because the 2G, 3G network are, are going down. So they will move to LTE or NB-IoT or potentially other, but uh, logically, if they were working on 2G, 3G, it's because they have power uh, in, inside the object. So they are totally compliant with LTE and NB-IoT. Uh, and, and so all this stuff should move. But here we have something which is really low in terms of volume, so LTEM. So it's a bit strange uh, to see that also, and uh, and my point of view, quite false. But what is more interesting is what is done with Sigfox. With Sigfox, we have a growth uh, between 2017-2018, uh, which is 200.5%, uh, 250%, sorry. And in twenty. Uh, 2018, 2019, we are growth as 200%, basically, which is, I mean, it's decreasing, but we are per 200. I mean, it's, it's easy when you have low volume and after it, it changes a bit. But so we are at this point and they have decided, and there is no communication about Sigfox saying that. Huh? So they have decided that this number will decrease year after year. So it's 167 in 2020 and it goes to 135% of growth in 2023. Why? I mean, in parallel, the number of countries is doubling every 18 months. So that's a fact. Uh, since many years, it's doubling uh, every 18 months. I, it will slow, you will be going slow because at the end, you, you can do that for more than five years after you've covered the world. But uh, um, it, it, it's, uh, it's an important number. So it means that you can have a lot of use case deployed in a lot of places. And actually the network are densifying. So it means that you really have the countries covered uh, entirely. So you really have a strong public network that is growing and they say, okay, there is more network, there are more capabilities, I mean, the market size is bigger, but your growth will decrease, which is a bit strange in terms of uh, analysis, uh, seen like that, okay? so. I think that they would like to have a, something, a kind of negative message on, on Sigfox. Uh, and, and the other point that I did not notice, which is really important, because I read some articles saying, yeah, Sigfox is dying, the level is, is really low, and, and so on. What is killing a company is not the volume of connection, it's the volume of revenue. Okay, that's what is interesting. And here we are, two different models between LoRa and uh, Sigfox. LoRa is a chip-based revenue. Semtech is earning money because they are selling chip, and one chip is one dollar one time. You sell a chip, it's one dollar. The chip is used for ten years; it's just one dollar for the chip. Okay? For Sigfox is a subscription model. They are a network operator, so it means that you have one subscription. You pay every year for this subscription. So if you have one subscription on a year, a second one on a second year, the second year you gain two euro, two dollar instead of one dollar for it. Okay? Uh, so it means that if you if we take a look into uh, the, to the revenue, so I've taken an assumption, which is uh, average revenue per uh, communication for per connection for Sigfox, six euro. You can change that completely, okay? But it, just to explain the difference between the two, if we take a look to uh, the same tech revenue, actually for the year uh, 2018 and the technology, they have made uh, 32 million uh, euro 
or dollar, which is really good regarding the investment they have made for this technology, which is about uh, 20 million uh, euro uh, some years ago. So it's really profitable uh, things for uh, Semtech. Okay, but in the same time, the revenue for Sigfox, even if the number are really smaller, is uh, 36 million. So they are around the same revenue for a volume which is totally uh, different. And at the end, taking my assumption, which are false, okay, uh, the revenue on Sigfox are higher than the revenue on Lua. You can tweak my numbers, uh, potentially you will change the, the, this, uh, this level, but at the end, I mean the average revenue. Considering the number which are globally, in my point of view, ultra pessimistic for Sigfox, the Sigfox numbers are still profitable. So it means that, uh, okay, maybe uh, it's not the volume they are expecting uh, in the company, but it doesn't mean that the, there is a, a risk for the technology or something like this, which is not the, what, the, what the study uh, try to say, or the, I mean, the article I've read about the technology try to sell, which was interesting in my point of view to share. Okay, so that was uh, something, I'm sorry, I have taken uh, some time on this, but it was something uh, that was, I think, really interesting to share because uh, the number of bad communication I, I saw in, in LP1 is really horrible. And, uh, and the fight between uh, and Elora, sorry, the fight between LP1 technology uh, I, I see just don't make sense. I mean, all the technology have a place for in the IoT. The IoT is really large, the use cases are really different from each other, and as a consequence, each of the big technology were actually have a place, and each of them have a, a, a part of the market for, 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 for it. So there's no fight, in fact. We just have to work together. It will be really more efficient and better. Every time we have a fight, it uh, uh, will reduce the maturity of the market because the company will ask questions, will wait to see what will happen. And so we are lost in time. And at the end, I mean, 5G technology coming, 3GPP technology will not compete LoRaWAN and Sigfox in, in certain domain where we want something which is really low cost uh, with a really low power and so on. It's not planned. So no interest to try to... Uh, to, to, to say they will be leader and so on, makes no sense. Okay, or you have to some paper to, to, to sell and it's interesting in that case, potentially. Okay, so good news. Now, uh, I, I really appreciate uh, the uh, LoRaWAN uh, distance world record. Uh, they, have, uh, they have made uh, this summer with a 766 kilometers for a communication using LoRaWAN on the Thing network. So really, really nice. And guys, you are your rocks. It was really cool to see that you had a, they had a good communication. And uh, so you can see that on the thingnetworks.org. Uh, I mean, it's open source, so you can get all the detail of the experience they have made, how they do it, and so on. And you can have the, the source code. Basically, you can do it yourself. Uh, but there are some restrictions, basically, if you want to do it, because the condition are a bit special. So re long distance record on LP1 is something that can happen. Uh, 
uh, if you uh, you can have some specific protocol to uh, ensure you you have some uh, result like this one uh, we, will, we are going to talk a bit about the detail but they are really rare okay uh, the LoRa one um, communication is made to have a, a communication for uh, I mean uh, 10 to 15 kilometers okay so Having a communication uh, up to uh, 766 kilometers is really uh, performance and is really something exceptional. Okay, but it's interesting to see that. So it's something in the LP1 domain we are used to uh, this kind of uh, challenge to get the longest performance. Uh, to uh, uh, we have a specialist of this uh, in the Sigfox uh, Sigfox ecosystem. Uh, which is Idensic uh, tracker solution uh, is uh, doing a lot of analytics on uh, on the, the, the communication and, and the distance and the the record uh, for Sigfox. Uh, I think it's the last one. It's uh, one thousand one hundred fifty one kilometer uh, between a device and an antenna. Uh, so it's uh, it's something really really interesting. There is a difference between the LoRa one record and the Identic record. Uh, in fact, when you we do record on LP1, we do them in particular uh, circumstances. Uh, and there is two circumstances that helps to uh, get record. The first one is the one that Identic uh, have uh, experimented uh, multiple times is to use uh, a communication over the sea because uh, between uh, the sea, uh, the water and the sea, and the air, there is a, a thin. Uh, thin layer of uh, salted hair uh, that is really really good to propagate the communication and over the sea there's no noise and the antenna around the sea globally have no noise around and in, in better shape for uh, receiving uh, really uh, low level messages so uh, that's why uh, it's a good circumstance to uh, to make a, a distance record so this in sigfox domain is uh, is uh, is efficient because there is a lot of base stations that are installed in a really good spot uh, just uh, near the sea so we have good spot, we have low noise, we have a performance, I mean, a, a professional antenna that are installed. And so it's the best uh, place to have world record. Uh, when we use balloon, because uh, the other way uh, to uh, have a record uh, is to use a balloon. So and we are talk a bit about this. Uh, when there was balloon with Sigfox, it was more the number of, of base stations that has been touched by the signal that is uh, counted that the looking at the distance uh, especially. So uh, the second way to have a record is to use a balloon. Why to use a balloon? It's because if you want to send a message from Earth to uh, a base station, uh, you will be limited by two things. The third thing is the obstacle you will find uh, in front of you. If you have mountains, the radio wave won't pass through the mountain, and so the signal will be blocked, and uh, your, your capability to have a long distance will be blocked also. So if you uh, go uh, upper, uh, you will eventually pass over the mountain. That's good. The other thing is that the earth is not plate. Sorry for some people, it's, it's rounded. Uh, and so even if you have no mountain at a certain uh, distance, your way will go through uh, the, uh, the universe. 
okay, and will touch no antenna. So if you go upper on the mountain, uh, you will have a better angle to uh, touch uh, some uh, antenna that are at a higher distance. So that's why the balloon was the right solution to uh, to get a, a success on, on LoRa one. And so they, this is what they did. And there was no big surprise about the antenna that gathers the, 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 the messages at a really uh, long distance. Uh, the, 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 sorry, the antenna that was uh, far away uh, of, uh, of the, the device is an antenna in Grenoble. Uh, Grenoble, so it's a native place of, uh, of LoRa. And this antenna is well known from the community, uh, by the community, because this antenna is on the top of a mountain and uh, it's a really high quality antenna with gain and so on, in a place where there's not a lot of noise. So, I mean, it's a professional antenna that has been deployed there. And so it's a really, really good condition to uh, have signals that are coming from uh, far away. So no real surprise about the antenna that has made this, uh, this record. And, uh, and that's, I mean, the problem uh, to get world record uh, with uh, uh, TTN is actually the number of uh, professional installation uh, that is uh, not uh, not too big actually uh, it's more I mean it's a community network so everyone deploys its antenna with the money you can spend on it and the means you have to to uh, to put it on uh, on top of something uh, so the quality of the network limit a bit this and this is why we have this good and really uh, nice record uh, and we can expect i think better record on LoRa one it's actually more a question of uh, of quality of the network number of antenna deployed on uh, top of mountain and, and stuff like this but uh, but there is a there is some capability to uh, to get a better record uh, for for the future, so it's an interesting story, and I hope that uh, some uh, some uh, other people will try to um, challenge this record and, and get something more. So good guy, thanks guy for sharing this experience. What really 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 good for us. Um, about networks, uh, an actuality that I really like this uh, this summer. It's a bit particular to me uh, because I, I went there for for my summer, so I, I had uh, uh, the ability to test it. Uh, it's a communication from the Sigfox uh, network operator in UK uh, that has announced uh, that the, the deployment of the network has really progressed uh, and, and now they are proud of this and they are I mean it's, it's they are proud and it's good to have them proud of this because it's a really good network uh, compared to what we have by the past it was uh, I mean UK was a mess for, for Sigfox since, since year and now it's really something interesting uh, with a really good coverage like in France Spain and so on and uh, not only uh, UK uh, because uh, also, Ireland is really well covered, uh, so I spent my summer in uh, passing through the UK and going in Ireland, where I uh, I had a, a big uh, big turn on the west, north to south, west side of uh, Ireland, and I experienced a really good network, really well covered. I had a communication uh, everywhere following me, tracking me. So uh, that's uh, that's really good. So even between France and England through a boat, I've been covered for for the whole. The world trip so that's uh, that's really interesting in terms of uh, use case we can deploy there so congratulations guys that's uh, that's good to see that 
Another announce uh, that was really interesting uh, me in Sigfox domain uh, is uh, it's about uh, an extension of the contract between Securitas and Sigfox, but I mean that's their business, so I mean don't care maybe for them, but that's that's it. Uh, but with uh, this extension, uh, the communications that we have seen is indicating that uh, Securitas is interesting because some new feature uh, will arrive on the network for them about image transmission and audio messages. Oh. Wow! Since many months and years, I say to people, oh, Sigfox, it's just for uh, sensors, data, no pictures, no sound, make no sense. And this guy say, we want to do a picture, I mean, uh, take picture over the network and uh, and and make sound and so on. So, wow, wow, oh, that's interesting. What are they announcing and how can we do that? So, uh, I've read uh, a post uh, on this on disk91.com, so you, you can check uh, this more in detail but basically if actually we want to transfer a picture over uh, a Sigfox uh, using the duty cycle to transfer it immediately um, we we have 426 bytes available for this transmission uh, which is a bit uh, small okay but in fact it's not impossible okay uh, I was surprised to do that test uh, you you can have a, a picture uh, transmitted with this volume. Clearly, if you have someone on the picture, you won't be able to identify him. But if you are taking a picture of a room, and if someone is in this room, you will see that someone is in this room. So in terms of security, it can make sense. But it's not, in my point of view, what is said uh, in, in this communication from Securitas, because they have a new capability. So I assume that we're going to have higher quality picture. And so I see different ways to have high quality picture and so to uh, have a better bandwidth for the network. The first one and the more probable one is to uh, have a higher speed network, a 600 bit per second. Uh, why this one? Because it's the norm in North America. So uh, the base station are already able to uh, work with uh, this, uh, this, this frequency, I mean, this, this bandwidth. Uh, so 600 bit per second, so it's six times more uh, than we have actually. So that's really interesting. It means more messages. It more means um, uh, less battery for transmitting the same information and so on. It's not free. I mean, if we go more quickly, it means that we have a loss of sensibility and potentially the distance uh, that a message can reach will be lower. But in Western Europe, we're a really dense network. So actually, uh, we can, if you are in a city and uh, you are doing your 600 bit per second, there's no problem of coverage. So that's the more probable thing as everything is ready for this. The other one is um, also to uh, work on the replication. I mean, in Sigfox, every message sent is replicated two times. So you have three times the message transmitted at the end. Okay. And we could uh, have a, a way to manage that by uh, reducing the number of repetition and it's a way to also uh, have more bandwidth because if we have less repeats we uh, can better use the duty cycle. And the last thing we can do that could be really interesting also it's to uh, modify the size of frame, I mean allowing longer frame as we have a smaller frame but we could have a lower frame. You may have to know that Sigfox efficiency actually is 48%. It means that the number of useful payload divided by uh, the full uh, message payload at best is 48%, which is really low. 
Uh, and if we have longer frame, take an example of 64 bytes, we can reach 83% of efficiency, which is really better. And if we consider 600 bytes per second, plus a two repeat instead of I mean, one emission plus one repeat instead of two repeats and 60 byte frames, we could have for the duty cycle 1.5 kilobytes of data uh, we can transmit immediately uh, and with 1.5 kilobytes uh, you can transmit a good quality image where we are able to identify someone or, or, or exactly see what is happening somewhere. So that's interesting to see that and, uh, and I'm really waiting for more technical communication on that point. Which is a bit afraiding me is that with Sigfox uh, we have announcements uh, then generally we have a B2B uh, deployment of what has been announced with a specific company, Eritz Securitas, and the time to get it accessible by the whole community, all the device makers and so on, is generally uh, 18 to 24 months later, which is really long. And so, no, I mean, <laughs> I want to test all of that. It's really cool. But uh, will, I, will, will I be able uh, soon? It's something which is unclear and um, it's a bit um, annoying. So, one of these technologies that has been announced uh, 24 months ago or more, 36, I don't know, it's Monarch. So Monarch now is there accessible to everyone, so that's a really, really good news. Uh, we are waiting since for many time. Uh, to, just to let you know, the first device Monarch ready and um, sells, sold uh, is a tracker from Louis Vuitton. Uh, for luggage. Uh, it has been put on the market uh, about 18 months ago now uh, and uh, and so the technology has been announced uh, at least six months or 12 months before so it's a really long way to get the device but now we have some device and development kit available uh, to uh, to do uh, Monarch. What is really interesting with Monarch, Monarch is a technology that is uh, allowing a device to know in what uh, frequency it can work on. Uh, sorry, that was not really English. It, so <laughs> the idea is that you have a device, you put it in Europe, you have to switch to its communication to 868 MHz. But you have to know that it's in Europe to do that. If you have no GPS, you don't know that you are in Europe. So thanks to Monarch, you are listening different frequencies. You get uh, a beacon coming from Sigfox on a specific frequency, on the X68 frequency, and you know that you are in Europe. So you can communicate in the right frequency. You move the device, you, and you deploy it in North America, it will get the beacon on another frequency, so uh, 955 or something like this, okay? And this device will know that it is in North America and so it will switch to uh, this frequency and communicate on the right frequency. So that's inter really interesting. And what is interesting with Monarch is that this technology, I mean, it's not open, but the way it is made, it can be listened by anything. So basically a LoRa device could be able in the future to get a, a beacon from Monarch uh, Sigfox solution and know that it can switch to uh, the right frequency also. So I'm not sure that when uh, when Sigfox did it, they did it for everyone, but that's interesting that this technology that is available on Sigfox is a, a technology that is available for all the community, which is really interesting, even for non-LP1 potentially. 
Okay, so Monarch is now there. There is a first dev kit uh, coming from Unabiz. A bit expensive, uh, but uh, I mean, interesting to do tests. I hope to get one really soon. Uh, I will be able to, to post the different tests on it, so stay tuned. Uh, this is based on the Lighton module, which is one of first uh, Monarch module uh, validated, certified. Uh, the certification of module has been really long for the, the device, uh, the module maker, so Lighton is one of them. Uh, and, and so uh, now we, we can make devices on this techno, so that's uh, really, really, really good, actually. To finish, uh, one uh, point about uh, security, uh, uh, security information. Uh, it's about a flow that affects 200 million devices. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of uh, uh, bugs that has been discovered on a, a real-time embedded operating system. Uh, which is VX Works, uh, which is a proprietary system, really uh, well used uh, in uh, the industrial domain, and uh, it's a closed source uh, operating system. Uh, and, and so, I mean, now we have 200 million devices with some uh, some some issues, and uh, and what is not good is that the security uh, issues are on the TCP/IP stack, which means that all these devices that are connected to a network are a potential target for future worms and so on. Um, so the good news is that even even if we are talking about 200 million, I assume that a lot of part of them, I mean, as an example, they have uh, uh, identified elevators. I'm not sure that a lot of elevators are connected to a TCP IP network in company. So potentially there's one a, a bit uh, protected against big attack, but for routers or for uh, industrial automats and so on, there is a, a real risk uh, behind this. Why this uh, was interesting to me over the volume, uh, because uh, the volume is really high here and it means that uh, we won't, uh, 10% of this only will be patched in the two or three coming years. Um, so above the volume, it's uh, one of the problems I think in the uh, IoT domain compared to uh, the, the computer science more general domain uh, is that it's really close source. In the IoT, uh, the source are sometimes open source, are using BSD because BSD you can take it, you can uh, put it in your device and tell nothing to no one. So even if you find some bugs, uh, you can just fix it for yourself, okay? And, and other solutions are proprietary system, you know, like Windows, okay? It means that it's written by someone and you have not had the source code, you can analyze and, okay, you have to trust that person. The problem is, uh, like for other proprietary system and so on, I mean, no one search for the bug until someone do it. And here's the problem is that uh, the version from 206 has been impacted by this bug. It's more than, than 13 years ago now. And it means that no one found that before. Uh, and if it was more open with the source code available, with a large community searching for bug on it and so on, maybe it would have been discovered 10 years ago. And instead of 200 million devices, it would have been 20 million devices or less 
Okay, and, and so uh, I think one of the problems around the security in IoT is around quality of code practice we have and so on, but also the use of proprietary uh, stuff, uh, the lack of uh, public and open source SDK and so on. So this is uh, this was relevant uh, this uh, this post regarding to uh, this point of view uh, I have on uh, on the security on the IoT domain. Okay, so. Uh, take care of this uh, if you have such device uh, because I think that regarding the number of machines impacted we may have some worm coming uh, in the, the future that could impact uh, industrial uh, production means uh, industrial equipment or, or things like this and it could have a, a big big impact on, on different things so so take care of this okay so I'm at the end of uh, this first uh, this first uh, first uh, ah, blog <laughs> uh, presentation uh, I'm hope that it was not too long for you it was interesting and you learned a lot of things uh, as I said at the beginning please give me some feedback I want to see if it's interesting to continue to have a such thing or if it's just interesting me and in that case uh, I will do something else that will be better for the communities and the need but if you are interesting please tell me suggest me for some link for the next edition uh, potentially in one month and uh, during that time stay tuned on my uh, uh, Twitter account or my YouTube um, Shane, uh, there are some coming news and tests uh, coming, uh, so maybe a good interesting thing to learn uh, following me on social network. Talk to you soon. Bye.